Welcome back to the Datapreneur podcast. Today we have with us Professor Dutika Watts from the Indian Institute of Technology at Kanpur. She completed her PhD in statistics from the University of Minnesota Twin Cities and was a postdoctoral research fellow at University of Warwick. Recently, Dr. Dutika Watts became the first Indian to receive the prestigious Blackwell Rosenblatt Award given by the Junior International Society for Bayesian Analysis. Let's get started. Mm-hmm. So what does data science mean to you? It's actually one of those uh, new fields that I've we're all sort of figuring out what a universal definition of it could look like um very different from the fundamental sciences of you know biology chemistry physics etc um to me specifically it it's more about being being able to develop um mathematically motivated methodology to answer the world's questions and the here to answer the world's questions uh so to address a specific task of interest as in you know classifying images into buckets uh, that mean something to us or or um or maybe you know trying to trying to predict what who's going to win the world cup or things like that which are actually useful things in the real world but using mathematically motivated um uh, uh methodology in order to address these questions the key here being the methods and the way to solve the problem that comes about is motivated by the problem itself so for example classifying images in different buckets the methodology for that could be very different an optimal or a good methodology for that could be very different from classifying um documents into different topics for example and that's because the application of interest are, are different both methodologies or both problems are classification problems where we want to classify it into um different sort of bins but because these are two different applications potentially the motivating methodology could be different it, it may not be but it could be different and the sort of attention to detail to understanding what is it do i need for this particular application that i i think is what um, the whole process of you know developing something understanding something and applying it for a particular problem of interest that uh, I, i is what i envision as, as data science so that's a really insightful answer do you think of data science as a tool for problem solving no i think it is problem solving i don't think it's a tool for problem solving i, I think it's data science as a field solves problems now the tools for problem solving are what we use as individual components as uh, to solve the a problem in data science uh but i don't think it's a tool for problem solving i think um from i mean it, in some sense you know you can pick up the a problem of how to make the world a better place so yes in that case you know data science is 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 a problem solving tool from that aspect 
But in its core, I think it's it's the whole point of data science is we need to solve this problem. And now we need a sequence, a, a path, starting from the basic sort of premise of what the question is, going around to the fundamentals of the area, whatever application we're in, to what sort of data lies underneath it, how can I study it, how can I analyze it, what sort of math do I need to make sense of it, and how do I circle back to my application, how do I make sense of all of that. That is all driven by the from the proposing and the and trying to get a solution to that involved that you know is the whole data science paradigm. The tools we need in order to do that are separate. Right? Um, but I so I don't really vision, envision it as as being a um, uh, a tool to to solve a problem. I sort of think of it as a problem solving area. So let's say you're given a problem. How, what would be your approach to solving it from like the basics to the end? So the first step is to ask questions, tons and tons of questions. Because for example, just for me, I am um, a statistician. I am trained uh, in statistical methodology in statistical mathematics and statistical computing. I am not trained in biology, for example, right? I'm not trained in physics. I'm not trained in um, English literature. So if somebody comes to me with a problem they want solved, I'm then a data scientist trying to solve their problem. And I, it's my job first and foremost to ask a ton of questions so that we both understand and agree, the two parties, what is the problem we want solved? Because what I am trying to do is trying to parse out the application problem to a data problem, which are two different things. For example, in the image classification example, somebody comes up to me and says, if I need a software that differentiates between, between a, a polar bear and a panda, right? this, is, this is their software that they need. Now, this is, the, this is the problem they pose from their perspective. I need to figure out what the data question is here, right? So I am going to ask many questions to understand what differentiates a polar bear from a panda, right? So that I can sort of figure out a data question to understand, oh, how can I track blacks in my image? Uh, how can I find black pixels versus white pixels? Or how can I find, you know, um, a sitting animal versus a, a hunt, uh, an animal on their haunches, for example, right? So I have to parse, I have to continue to ask those questions in order to, in order to actually understand what the problem is from my end. And then communicate to the person what I have understood the problem is to be from my end so that they understand right, what my solution is going to try and solve and, and whether that makes sense to them or not. Right? Um, so that's my that would be the first thing I do, and sometimes, often, that's the uh, that's the most important step is to be able to communicate and ask those questions uh, to to maybe if you're in a company and if you're the lead data scientist and you're trying to figure out a, they've sort of given you a task to do the good the thing to do is not to take it back and run an algorithm on it and come back and say I've improved my prediction accuracy etc. The most important thing to do is sit down with the team and ask questions as to what exactly is the task? What does it mean? Parse out the data question uh, different from the client question and then explain to the client, explain to the people what you've understood 
make sure everybody agrees and then go back and sort of figure out what um what what methodology or what problems you're going to use what tools you're going to use to address that problem the second thing is in that process you have to also understand what tools are the person are the people looking uh, for for example if i'm talking about a biologist who's sort of done experiments in rats to understand the behavior of a disease i'm not going to tell them um of answers or use methodology that are built for big data because getting it is super expensive right uh, healthy good uh, uh, laboratory rats is super expensive and so i'm not going to tell them okay these are great methods for big data classification or whatever and so let me use these methodology that that wouldn't make any sense at all i have in front of me 10 rats and experiments on 10 rats right let's say so i have to understand what tools uh, i have or methodology i have at my disposal to address the specific question of interest and not just sort of blindly go about um, you know um, figuring out all the different methodologies that are potentially possible and just applying them one uh, one at a time the third is is the eventual goal is there eventual goal is is, is it to understand the science or is there eventual goal to to do um, to do sort of better prediction right and there is a big difference between the two uh, fundamental research for example a biologist looking for you know um, uh, doing experiments on a rat inside inside of these uh, wet laboratories there they're not they're not necessarily looking for how do i how do i uh, minimize a prediction of you know the probability of a rat dying uh they're not interested in that per se they're trying to understand the science behind what's going on in their experiments why is a rat dying using the data right why is this particular rat or mouse um uh, or able to survive right what is happening in let's say the dna sequencing or whatever is happening in their sort of uh, the chemical reactions that are happening due to uh, a particular drug being test tested on them there is questions of why and when there's questions of why i don't want to fit use methodologies that don't tell you the why right that don't explain the why to you then there's no point i i may be able to give them some analysis but they won't un, it wouldn't may, be interpretable at all versus if a company comes up to me and says you know i want to make sure i i um, we we give the best ads uh, possible to a client to a consumer on the internet i want we want to optimize our ad mechanism so that we give the most successful ads to them at all time well they're not really interested in why a person is clicking on an ad right what drives the probability of their their clickage uh, to be high or not they just want to know what to implement for example right and that methodology would be different they're not looking for interpretability in, the, in that particular case potentially not looking for interpretability so it's sort of the sequence of communications of what is the goal what is what is the what is the thing that the person is looking for right what sort of tools are appropriate to that problem right um and then being able to communicate back back to back, um, back to them and making sure what you come up with is communicable and and you can explain it to them right so before we start talking about the technical skills and the education background Uh, you said communication and asking curious questions is an important aspect of being a data scientist. 
So what are some of the other skills required to be a good data scientist? Uh, non-technical, do you mean? Non-technical. Okay. Um, I mean, certainly, uh, certainly uh, communication, like I said, and just being, being almost unembarrassed about the questions you ask. For, for example, I, um, the last time I had a physics course was in class 12, right? Uh, so sometimes I find myself not being able to understand what seems like basic physics concepts because I haven't really had like a physics course in college. And I don't find any embarrassment in just going forward and asking question about some fluid dynamics or something that seems trivial and, and but um, I don't really have much experience in that. All, almost sort of, you know, un, without any embarrassment, just go ahead and ask those questions. And that goes beyond communication. Um, it's sort of, you put your personal, whatever integrity or, um, um, or pride uh, below the task at hand, right? You want to make sure that the task at hand is, is superior uh, and given more importance to whatever maybe pride or whatever ego or whatever you have. Um, so ask those sort of dumb, stupid questions. Um, and that goes beyond communication. Um, there's also another thing about communication is there's written communication is as, is as important uh, as the verbal communication because at some point you're going to have to you know put pen on paper or write something. I mean when I say pen on paper I mean type on paper, uh, right? Um, so you're going to have to write something up and to make it readable and uh, succinct yet informative is uh, is very very uh, important. So of course that all of that comes under the communication aspect. Um, Non-technical, I think one thing that is, isn't necessary, but potentially very useful is just a general curiosity about all things. Uh, this is something I don't have, but I do aspire to uh, in a sense that I know will be helpful. Uh, given that we live pretty much in a world of data, um, if a person comes up to me and says, I want this problem solved, and if I hadn't had a life of general curiosity, I'm going to start from on a back foot, basically, right? Because I don't know enough about that field in, and I could have potentially known more if I had had that sort of uh, general curiosity um, uh, as part of my personality. Now, that's not something I do possess uh, uh, and something I do always aspire to, but I'm never able to do it because I, I think to myself, you know, finite amount of time, I may have curiosity, but I can't really act upon it. Um, and so that's one thing I'd say for, for somebody who's young, you're, if your audience is young, to sort of make that part, um, part of your um, either personality or the way you approach problems is not to shed things aside, even if something seems extremely uninteresting and well, not uninteresting, but not useful to you. It's still interesting to read about it. It's still useful to sort of learn about it. And you never know what comes back to you as information that's useful because 10 years from now, somebody comes up with a problem and you go, oh, I've read a book about this. Uh, let me go and reread it or let me find the, some notes I took or whatever you may have done as a proactive way to keep yourself informed. Um, that sort of makes, makes it so that you have sort of that personal uh, connection to that field. Uh, even though your skills may be mostly in data science, you've sort of kept abreast with what life has to offer in various other aspects.
um and another part of communication i think is uh, once you come up with a solution once you know you get some value from the data you're also supposed to present it to the stakeholders and yeah. they might not necessarily know all the statistical terms so you have to present yeah. it in a way that they understand and it makes sense to them yeah absolutely um and that's what i meant by you have to put things on paper maybe it's via presentation maybe via document right but at some point you have to summarize what you've done and give it to somebody right and at that point depending on who your audience is one thing i'm going to add to this is with all of this with being able to um write up something that people can understand you as a person who who's implemented it have the added responsibility to um not for the lack of a better phrase dumb it down okay now certainly you you don't want to show the you know statistical um details or some equations and things like that but you want to make sure you communicate what your conclusions are and what your conclusions aren't because if your results are misinterpreted it's as much your fault as the person who's mis misinterpreted okay and this is very useful um and very important i should say in the present sort of world where you'll see an article uh written about how you know coffee is the best thing to happen to people's lives versus coffee coffee is the worst thing you can drink um there's all sorts of summary coming up um pros and cons and goods and bads about the same thing that we're consuming and that's a lot of it or sometimes at least what it happens because somebody's just read a paper about it a, a journalist has maybe read a paper about it and just looked at two or three lines of conclusion and not gotten the bigger picture because that was buried in the details um or you know maybe maybe the person reading it was a bit callous in the in the in the way that they they read it um but i think it's our responsibility uh, to to communicate our results but also to communicate you know the dangers um, or or the things that are in a healthy way of course but in in to make sure we communicate what the results are not as much as what they are um or just to understand how a, an answer could be misinterpreted and make sure that's not what happens because i think we have that sort of moral responsibility as in when we solving problem that has a importance to our society to make sure that what you've come up with is not sort of derailed into something else definitely so um let's talk about the educational background required to get into career of data science so mm -hmm. what are some of the subjects sure. that you should be focusing on um so first i would say it depends on really what sort of a data science career or job you want uh and here i will differentiate a little bit and there might be a few um listeners who would disagree with my definitions here and that's fine but um the difference between a data analyst and a data scientist and i want to make sure i i i make a little bit of that distinction and then i can talk about what i think would be needed for a data scientist if a company hires you and and you're a data analyst for that company uh and that pretty much in my book implies that you've been hired to analyze that company's data okay? so and that's fair but what does that mean if it's a, if it's a if it's a banking company that you will learn the tools you need to address the very specific questions this company has about their banking data does that mean you will learn 
the methodology as it applies to other problems? No, potentially not. Right? You will learn how to apply some methodology or some models or some statistics, some machine learning algorithms to this specific data. Now, if you change companies and you go to another company and be a data analyst there, you sort of do the whole thing again. Right? Because you have, you have a, one has an analytical mind and a logical brain and they're supposed, there's a lot of overlap and you can adapt, right? If you're a scientist, that should mean that you at this point have the knowledge base, have the, um, the resources to analyze or come up with certain type or come up with answers to questions pertaining to most types of data. Okay. So what you've worked on is a little bit of the toolkit and now you can sort of apply it to build any furniture you want as opposed to you're a master of tables. Okay. Um, and, and that's really, and, and, and that's why the skill set becomes different. Right. If you're if you're working as a data analyst in the, in, in the fine in the finance sector, then you want to really make sure you understand finance and the and maybe time series models and things like that. Right. If you're a data scientist, you want to make sure you understand the A to Z. Right. So I so my recommendations on on, on a good background are coming from the this particular distinction between these two. Um, so first and foremost, are very robust coding skills. Um, right. Uh, so you can choose sort of a, a breadth of languages. A, a lot of people, of course, nowadays focus on Python and R and maybe Julia, some people. Um, but I would go back and say, for sure, though, if you're, if, you see, if you're serious, certainly learn some C, some C++, one of those two. Um, because learning that sort of uh, compiled code environment, make sure that, that you are an organized coder later on because both Python and R are lazy languages. R more than Python a little bit. Um, and they're lazy in the sense you can be slight callous. You can so not define your variables very carefully and it's okay and things like that. Um, but to be a good sort of programmer in a company or in an environment where you're collaborating, you want to make sure you do the basics well. Uh, so, so having that familiarity with a sort of a, a, a lower level language like C, C++, um, Java, if you want, or one of those sort of you know, um, languages is, is key. Uh, of course, Python, R, and getting used to the data science languages and, and being up with speed with what's happening, up to speed with what else is going on. Um, That completes the first segment of the interview with Dr. Duteka Watts. Stay tuned for some exciting questions and I will see you soon. Mm -hmm.